be the best version that you can be of yourself. So find something that you enjoy, whether it's a, a gift or a, a passion. If you found it, great. If you haven't, don't worry. Everyone's got their own gift and talent. And pursue it and work hard at it because I've had to realize that I'm not going to be the best in the world at something, but I can be the best version of me that I can be at everything. Hey guys, welcome to Guards of Eden. This is episode five, and it is with a good friend of mine that I work with called Ollie. He's a man of faith and a man of football, and he's found a way to combine the two, and we, we talk about his experience with both. There are some foreshadowing. This was recorded a while ago. Our Norwich and Chelsea predictions have gone very well. Um, but yeah, Ollie's one of the sweetest guys I know. I can't wait for you to hear his story. And without further ado, here we go. Three, two, one, enjoy. Hey dude, how you doing? Man, I'm good. Yeah, all Man, good? I'm loving this setup. Yeah, get to sit at your desk. Perfect. <laughs> After a long day of work. Yeah, man. It's great. <laughs> and I love the name as well. Yeah. Gods of Eden. Go on, tell us about it then. Yeah, Gods of Eden. Named after the Garden of Eden, which is God's idea of paradise. Love it. Um, and the idea that we're all protectors of paradise here on Earth and getting to talk to people that are doing good stuff with their platforms. So, yeah, dude, really exciting. Makes and you're the first person that has um, picked up on the religious connotations. Which will be a lovely. Could not, could I? Yeah, which is a lovely That's overriding <laughs> theme throughout. <laughs> More of that later. Yeah. But do you know what's weird though? Because yeah. I, well, we'll come to it later. But yeah. I'm often like sat where you're sat. So for oh, me yeah. to be like the one answering like the questions, I find that really weird. Yeah, finally, so, I'm finally in the ring with a professional. I feel no, like. Mate, no, you're smashing <laughs> it. You're doing great. Um. So we met. Well, the first time we met was I knew you was Nicholas' boyfriend. I would have been, it depends if you were, because I came into the office as yeah. Nick's boyfriend, I came right. to visit, but I was employed as fiance, right. so I may well have seen you as, as, as boyfriend. Yeah, because um, yeah, I remember coming in when you were a part, you were at your final stage of interviewing, That's and there right. were six, so it was, the people that ended up being there that I knew were, that work with us now, um, was Katie, Alicia, and you. Yeah. Right. I remember sitting in the booth and you tell us all about info and stuff. Yeah. And do you know what? I actually remember you were wearing this like buttoned up shirt and you had the yeah. beard going on. Yeah. Mate. Yeah. I was trying. It. Yeah. So we, um, yeah. So we met through Nick's kind of somewhat, but also through work. How did you meet Nick's? Good question. So Nick's and I both studied at university in Canterbury. So I was at Canterbury Christchurch University mm-hmm. where I studied P and Sports Science. And then Nick's was at Kent studying History. Right. And so Kent is at the top of the hill. Yeah. Christchurch at the bottom. And then somewhere in the middle was City Church, Canterbury, right. which was our, our church. And mate, it had so many students, like hundreds of students. And so what you'd find is you go to church and you have like the Christchurch clique, you'd have the Kent clique. No one would interact because it's like rivals. Right. And stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I, I had a lot of mutual friends who obviously knew Nick's, obviously Nick's had kind of heard of me. So do you know what's funny though? We actually never met at uni. So we'd oh, heard really? of each other. Nick's, I think I had a Nick's because I was like, yeah, mate, she's fit. And then, Nick's, <laughs> and then, and then in third year, um, Nick's messaged me, I remember. I was playing FIFA with my friend. You know the classic, like, classic. FIFA, FIFA rules? Yeah, no, classic. You can't, like, answer your phone or, like, yeah. no girls or, like, whatever. <laughs> whatever, it was terrible. I remember um, Nick's popped up and said, hey, how are you doing? And so I was like, I paused FIFA in my house. And I was like, Dom, like, Ollie, what are you doing? <laughs> I was like, mate, 
this girl, she's legit. And he was like, let me see. He was like, maybe I need to start going to church. Oh, so, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we just kind of got chatting. And that's kind of where we first really met. But, mate, Mark Zuckerberg, co- you know, founder yeah. of Facebook. I've give him all the all the credit there. He set us up. Yeah, and, you know, a close second to maybe Jesus. I mean, absolutely, Jesus does come into it massively. Zuckerberg <laughs> was kind of the matchmaker, and then Jesus took over from there. So, yeah, so we kind of heard about each other from university, um, but it wasn't till after that right. we kind of got in touch, Yeah, kept in touch, and then we went on a date in London, hit it off. Mm-hmm. She came to stay for a few days in Frinton, Frinton-on-Sea, plug. There you and go, plug your town. Absolutely, mate. Beach, beach of the year 2013. There you go. And then, yeah, the, the rest, as they say, is, is history. When did you have your first experience with Christianity? Oh, mate. So I was born into a, a Christian family. Mm-hmm. So my parents um, all went to church. All went to church? They both went to church. Yep. And I've got a brother and sister. We all kind of went to church from a young age. So it's very much brought up in that in that culture, in that kind of um, yeah w- within the church. An amazing Christian like family in terms of the church itself, like amazing community. Everyone, everyone knew us. Everyone really like looked after us, prayed for us. But I actually found it really hard to immerse myself into that culture. Like early on, okay. I had the classic like young boy issue with football was on a Sunday sure so was church right. so I had this huge battle with what do I do what do I choose in my head and my heart were both like football it's way more fun church is boring <laughs> it's for old people it's for boring people I don't understand it I don't know who Jesus is I don't know who God is I don't really understand it it's all a bit weird so I wouldn't say that it was like a rebellion but sure. I definitely erred towards football way more than, than church right and I'm really pleased actually because I had so many kind of cool young guys who were like my children's workers, my youth leaders who I really looked up to and they were massive sports fans and mm-hmm. they were the kind of people who challenged me. So, you know, Ollie, what's, what's really more important, like sport and football or, or your faith? And for a long time, as I said, it was football. Yeah. But actually when I, when I really thought about it and, and really kind of started to delve a bit deeper into what Christianity is and what church is and, and who Jesus was, I realised that, you know, football's going to come and go. Football's a sport and it's great, but ultimately it doesn't satisfy it's probably the most fickle sport in the world like, <laughs> i love it it's it's my greatest passion but you know ultimately jesus and and becoming a christian and realizing that truth was so much bigger and so much better sure and becoming a christian doesn't mean you can't play sport like i actually yeah. me- i remember at university someone said to me um so you're a Christian? I was like, yeah. And I'm like, why are you on a sports degree? You can't play sport. I was like, are you joking? Like, <laughs> who says that? But anyway, there's a big stigma attached to Meanwhile, every Christians. South American football player is like super religious. <laughs> exactly. Kaka, <laughs> so there's obviously like a big stigma attached to, to Christianity and, and Christians. There's kind of these boring people who look very pasty and pale, who read their Bible and sit at home. <laughs> and yeah, you get some of those. You get some of those who are Christians and non-Christians. But yeah. ultimately, like, we're just normal people. And yeah. like, we love to do everything that everyone else loves to do so i uh i had a real i'm just going for the rant here but, no, I, but right, ultimately I, like for me it was you know football was my passion but my main love was was jesus and it took me a long time to find that but yeah. it um definitely worth it mate do you think it's common kind of being introduced into a christian family losing touch of it and then finding it again do you find it common like not just with you but 
do you think that's common in like a lot of your friends that oh, you know like, for, through yeah, church for real I mean obviously not everyone everyone's got their own different story and different testimony mm-hmm. and no one can take that away from but I, I it's it is quite a a recurring motif. I think church can be sometimes seen as uncool, um, right. countercultural. But I think when you, as you mature, as you grow up, you kind of realise that actually it it's so important and it's so it's so different. And church nowadays is is very different to what church was when I was a kid. Sure. And I'm only like 25, so yeah, I think church is kind of playing catch up in society. I think it's now becoming this place where they're trying to. Um, not conform, but they're right. trying to 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 broaden the horizons from being maybe so traditional um, and and being more contemporary to to kind of to welcome those people to to bring in like the younger demographic, which is amazing. But you know, with that question, I'm always kind of reminded of the you know the story of like the prodigal son. So like right. it's a story in the Bible where like there's this um, the father and he's got two sons one of them like he, he works on the farm he's a hard worker he's there by his dad he's, he's honouring his dad he's working as hard as he can and the other son takes his inheritance and like he's like right I'm off and yep. he goes around the world he spends it on X, Y and Z so and today it might be like um, you know drugs and like you know travelling around the world you know, doing whatever he wants and just kind of like completely like spending all his money and realizing actually what have I achieved here? Like I still have this massive hole in my life that I need to be filled with. That's only could be satisfied by Jesus. And you know, the end of the story, he kind of, he runs back to his father and says, look, I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I've realized that I've taken this and nothing satisfied me. Can you take me back? And I think the prodigal son is quite a, it's quite a familiar story with a lot of Christians yeah. that they have that moment. Like, I think I know best. I'm sure. going to do life my own way. And then you're like, actually, no, Jesus knows best. God knows best. He wow. he can satisfy me. Yeah, that's what, how I'm affectionately um, compared to when it comes to my dad. So yeah, as a, as the prodigal as son, the prodigal son <laughs> came back. Yeah, but um, would you say that like so? What age were you when you kind of felt like you were practicing like full time again as a Christian? It's weird. So. A lot of people can like tell you a specific day at a time. Do you know what? Right. I, I actually struggle with that. So I, yeah. all I remember is going, I went away with our church, like a, a week away, a place called Kidderminster, sure. which is in the middle of nowhere. Right. I mean, it was just, it was just a fun kind of week away. Mm-hmm. I went for it for the social benefit. Sure. There was to be rock climbing, football. I was like, yeah, sign me up. Right. And I just, I just remember like we'd have, we'd have, um, like evening worship sessions where there'd be like a talk, there'd be some, like a band play some music. And they'd invite the Holy Spirit, they'd pray and be like, hey, look, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit now to come and like, minister to us, to speak to us. And it would just feel a bit weird. And I was like, I don't really understand what's going on, but I mm. kind of went along with it. And in those moments, that's where I first encountered God. Right. Um, and kind of experiencing his like Holy Spirit and like this, this amazing like peace and like that surpassed all understanding. It was a feeling that I've never had before. And it's a feeling that I've gone on to have so many different times and sure. heard God speak to me. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, God God is real. Right. Like, I know this is real and I'm going to choose to to do my best to follow him. Yep. I'm going to suck at it and I still suck at it, but I'm going to try <laughs> my best to, to live my life in a way that hopefully glorifies Jesus. So I think I must have been about 13. Okay, cool. Yeah. How was... um. How was it at uni? I know you met Nick's everything mm. there, but like, how was that adjustment like? Because obviously, I went to uni and didn't 
didn't live by Christian principles, but I was, you know, lived a wi- like lived pretty wild over there. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I don't think I encountered anyone that was like devout Christian or, and then obviously I played American football, so that was on Sunday, so I was never going to get a, mm. never going to get someone there that was practicing like that. Yeah. Um, and playing on our team, but like, what was it like, kind of wrestling with this, like the typical like uni lifestyle, alongside being a Christian? Yeah, good question. I think. I'd come from this small seaside town where everyone knew everyone. You sure. go to church, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows that you're a Baines. Everyone knows everything about your life. And all of a sudden, I'm plunged into Canterbury, lovely place, but no, I don't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, there's two options here, well. Like, I can either go down that uni path. No one would know that I'm doing it and just, like throw myself into all these temptations which are yeah. you know on the face of it look great or I can have loads of fun I can go to a church immerse myself in that church and really discover who Jesus is for myself not because it's a family faith it's mm. my faith and let's sure. see and let's put it to the test let's challenge it and see what happens and I'm so glad I went for the for the latter because yeah. I met so many amazing people and my faith grew like massively I, I think I came back a, like a changed man sure i think i kind of went to you know, like you know the cliche like i went as a boy i came back as a a more mature yeah um a more mature person and i grew like spiritually um and it was a really good experience because at uni you're on your own and you have to put so much reliance on god to to get you through those moments and yeah I, i'm really pleased that I, I i went and and had that you know i think yeah, university is funny because i think there's a lot of pressure to, to go to uni yeah and ultimately I came out and like, actually, I don't know if it helped me in many ways, but what yeah. I think it had done for me specifically, and I don't regret, is going, and it made me realise how much I need Jesus and how much I do love Jesus. I think yeah. ultimately that's the the yeah. main aim and, and oh, the main goal. Oh, yeah, and I've, you know, this is now a recurring theme in the podcast, me talking about, like, being a uni dropout, but I would say, <laughs> <laughs> but I would say, like, the biggest thing I took away from uni was, like, living away from home. yeah. Like just for something sure. as small as that, but yeah. and then for me anyway. Although I I would say my kind of boy to a man, it happened way more condensed. But my first summer at summer camp, I came back really different, and that mm-hmm. was weird because people have got to try and figure you out because yeah, you do because it's like there's like this kind of you know feeling the air in the room. And obviously when I did the Tony Robbins event, that's another time I came back and people were a bit I guess walking a little bit on eggshells because they're a bit like oh, we don't really know because mm. people question like whether they're still going to love who you were before yeah, and still get that from when you come back but um how excited were your mum and dad when you came back from uni and they were like oh our boy he's come back a more devout christian than when yeah. we left him i don't know i feel like it probably wasn't that like big kind of you know arms out big welcome because they 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 knew that christianity like god is such a huge place in my heart sure but i think I guess if you are, if I ask them now, they they probably see that they sort of change in me, right? Um, which you know I like to think that they're happy with. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like you know, my mum and dad were were awesome, and they they um they really kind of helped ingrain the the church into into us from from a young age. And my grandparents as well. My granddad was a massive massive Norwich fan, Whee. and uh, mate, he was just like the biggest role model in terms of the Christian faith. If if mm. I could look at someone and say, that's how I want to live my life, apart from Jesus, yep. like my granddad would have been that. He was just such a man of God, such a man of integrity, humility, but just such a man, he was awesome. And like, yeah. So those role models play a massive, 
influence in your life for sure. Yeah, your mum and dad were amazing. I remember meeting them at your wedding. Mate, they, 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 mate, they flipping loved you, honestly. They're like the two sweetest parents I've ever you know seen. What? They're I, amazing. I went home the other day and they were like, how is Luca doing? They were like, oh, they, they I loved love your mum and dad. Mate, they're amazing. My mum especially, she's like, Luca's welcome anytime to Frinton. Like, oh, she's, oh, honestly, just go. like, I mean, that like is a testament to like faith as well, but just, I mean, it's, I've got no doubt they're proud of you. I want to see. They they were so they were so lovely. But um, shout out mum and dad. Yeah, I've that was also a, a recurring theme in the first episode. Getting a shout out for mum and dad. So <laughs> <laughs> there's some real themes that are building up Brilliant. in the series. Um, do you find with your faith now at this point? I mean, of course, it's a con- it's a consistent evolution. Yeah. But um, do you find it comes what some like comes like a, a real faith in God in like I guess times of turmoil. Does it come like really instinctively or is it something that sometimes like mm. you question, you're like, oh God, why is this happening to me? And then yeah. you're like, oh no, 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 come on, have faith, there's a bigger plan. What do you think's more, oh, mate. what do you think's more significant like in your life? Yeah, it's it's something that I, I battle with every day. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that everything's perfect. It doesn't mean sure. life is going to be this plain sailing, easy walk. Mate, far from it. Like, you know, when, when Jesus, you know, came to earth, like he lifted pretty rough life like mm-hmm. and he went through it all and so you know in 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 the bible talks about persecution how when we declare that we're going to be in relationship with jesus we're going to be like christians that be prepared to be like yeah. put down for it and you know and yeah it, it is tough it's i think do you know what the other thing is it's like like you said with the whole um in like turmoil and stuff yeah it's so easy to make God a pocket God. Yep. So what I mean is like, oh, this is like really crap and like really hard. So you get God out. Oh, God, help me out. But then when things are good, you, you put him back in and you just kind of take over the reins. It's so easy to do that. And I've done that so many times agree. in my life, mate, where I think I know best. I'll choose what seems the easy option, the right option for me. But ultimately, like, I see God as like, he's got this massive, like, blueprint of my life. And he's like, oh, I've got this awesome plan for you. Yeah. It's not going to be the easiest route, but it's going to be, like, this awesome plan. And sometimes I get the pen, I take it off God. I'm like, no, I want to go this yeah, way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to draw it. Like, let me draw it, because this is way more fun and easy for me. But, you know, it's something that I still challenge, like, challenge myself with and, and struggle through every day that, you know, things are going to be hard. But, you know, God's got a plan for me. Mm-hmm. Um and for you and for everyone, it's just yeah. a case of whether we surrender that to him. And mate, yeah, it's tough. It's a really tough question. Oh yeah, of course. It's. And what do you think is um, the most common misconception you get from non-Christians about Christian people? I would say that almost like maybe they're a lot of kind of boring and pushovers and just like <laughs> right. yeah, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you're not up to doing that. You're a bit boring. You, you, you probably can't do that. Someone said to me, can you drink tea? I was like, what? <laughs> are you joking me? And like when that guy said to me, can you play sport? I was like, yes, that's all you're on about. I, I don't know. Some yeah. people have some bizarre misconceptions, but it just makes me sad because I don't think people have really discovered what church is like or what God is like. I think people create this stigma without delving a bit deeper and sure. I, I wish they'd um just give it a try and just and just experience it for themselves but yeah maybe people think we're kind of boring but we're not we're fine. You, we're i've normal. always i've always found it more like in terms of not from me i'm talking about because i've i grew up in a catholic primary school and, yeah and i was around it like really early so i've for me it's not i've never ever had trouble being around like people of faith mm. of any faith but um it's like when someone's a devout in any religion, 
people are immediately cautious about everything. Yeah. And then they work. They they start realizing after a while, like, that, yeah, they're not like aliens. Yeah. Like yeah, these people yeah, just yeah. have a certain yeah, sure. like set of principles in their life yeah. that they. Like anyone does, like someone that goes to the gym, like they have a certain mm. nutritional principles and they have certain fitness principles and mm. everyone has it in some sort of way. But it's just so funny watching people be like, um, I don't know <laughs> how to behave around you. And it's like completely normal, dude. Like Mate, you just don't expect me to do some so, of the things you do. Like, it's so true. I remember, I remember you and this girl was like, I've never seen a Christian before. And like, <laughs> like yeah, you, you, I, didn't, I, like, I didn't look at you as a Christian. And initially that really yeah. upset me because I was like, Oh my goodness, like I want to live my life so people know that I'm a Christian. Yeah. But then I realised what she probably meant, what I think she meant after yeah. talking to her was that she'd never met a Christian who just did nor- like, uh, yeah. not normal things, but I, I think she had this like preconception. That old, I the, I old, the, old gr- the old biddy exactly. at, at church and I didn't, her I didn't match it. So I think her mind was just like... <laughs> yeah, right. So I find it so... Yeah, it, it does make me laugh, like watching it on anything. I always find it so funny with like you and Nick's because when I was thinking about it obviously you guys meeting at university it's like it's a common story in terms of like meeting someone you love at university because I feel like you're finding yourself there they're finding themselves there and you kind of your whole journey is then related to like finding who you are as a person Mm. but how was that journey of you know having a crush on Nicola and being like a church crush to now being married that you guys are for just over a year yeah yeah, it was a year in March wasn't it yeah oh mate it's awesome like when I was younger, I was like, right, I want to have a girlfriend where she's like blonde, blue eyes. Like, <laughs> now I'm like, Nix is like, she ticks all these boxes. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, like, yeah, I, I you know, I've been out with a, a couple of girls when I was younger who weren't Christians and it was fine. But mm. then I realised this person doesn't share my greatest passion in life. Sure. And so how's that, how's that going to work? Like, how are they going to, how, how are they going to like, challenge me and 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 love me in that way and how am I going to do that for for them as well so I was yeah I was kind of praying mate my nan prayed mate when she when when nanny Jim prays man expect God's going to move she was just like only I'm praying for like you find a nice girl and like this and And then yeah so when this came up like you know I I think we went on one date and I, I knew straight away I was like this girl she's so She's just so wonderful. She's got such an aura about her. She exudes mm-hmm. Jesus. She's so, yeah, and she's amazing. And she, yeah, she really builds me up and I want to build her up and encourage her. And I think our foundation of our relationship is built on the fact that we want to have Jesus at the centre of it. Which sure. is, it makes it so easy to say that, but yeah. it's so hard. And, you know, we've gone through a really tough time just before our wedding where, yeah. you know, Nix's dad passed away and uh-huh. it was, you know, our wedding had to kind of be cancelled and moved. And it was just all these little things that, like, it was it was just a bit of a mess and yeah. it was such a difficult time and we we were angry with God for a long time like why would you do this why would you take away Nix's down why can't he walk her down the aisle why has this come on like throughout you know in our wedding it's it's just become this real mess and yeah it's it's been hard but we've grown so much through it and we've actually put so much trust in God because God has got a plan and yeah. he's got a bigger plan he loves us um, he loves he loves everyone and like yeah I'm just pumped because Nix is awesome and you know she makes me twice the man that I, I ever was if I, on my own and yeah she's she's amazing and she brings out the best in me yeah because I obviously had a unique position at that time with you guys in terms of me being your both of your like supervisor at the time <laughs> yeah. but it was 
Yeah, of course, it was tough. I kind of had a unique view of kind of being able to talk to Nix about it on occasion mm-hmm. just to make sure whether she needed some time off or yeah. or anything, just making sure she was okay. And then I know that you had like a load of stress going on, it almost somewhat separate to that. Yeah. I mean, of course, that was huge in your stress, but yeah. but like I remember you kind of having your problems with it with that process as it was going along. Oh, sure. Um, and yeah, me kind of being able to somewhat do my best to just make the work side of your lives as easy as I could was like Mate, so important. you were so good. Like, we'd come away and be like, Luke's just made this life so much easier for us. Because I think I think we were coming to work, but we were almost a bit mindless. Yeah, of course. If that's okay to say. I think yeah. we were just, we were so distracted by... I mean, you hit it what, well, I never what, knew. What, what was happening, and we were just like, oh man, the last thing we need to do is go to work. But yeah. you just made it so easy for us. And yeah, we're, we're super yeah. thankful because you were, you, know, you were awesome, bro. Yeah, no, it was, it was... Um, and it's tough, yeah, that whole thing, that whole, I guess it was like, what, like September till March, yeah, really, like yeah. that process ended up being, it was, it was tough, and then you, you know, you chuck a January, which is always busy for us in the middle of there, and yeah, I remember just feeling like I was going to pull all my hair out for my own personal mm-hmm. reasons, which there isn't that much yeah. of it to pull out, but um, do you feel like your relationship with Nick's has strengthened your relationship with God? 100%. Yeah. Like 100%. Mate, Nick's Nick's is oh man, she she's unreal. I get all emotional when I when I like to wear Nick's. Oh. She's um mate, she's class. When 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 her when her dad um passed away, I remember being in the hospital and, you know, it's just the worst place mm-hmm. in that moment, you know, it's it's so sad and it's it's awful and I really, I, I, mate, I'm worried about Nick's because she's such a sensitive soul, bless her, and and, of course. and sometimes she can, um, she'd be quite introverted. And I was thinking, yeah. God, like, what is going to happen? Like, how, you know, how is she going to cope with this? Mate, she stepped up, Trump. She was like the glue in yeah. that family, and it br- and like God's brought out this side of Nick's that I'd never seen before, and I was so proud, and I yeah. just had so much like love for her and and she was just the cornerstone for that family that time when everyone else was so weak she just like turned it on and like she was she was awesome she was she was a real rock for me for everyone and like she just lost her dad and she was like holding the fort and i was like crumbs man like i should be doing that but you know she she was awesome and i see so much you know so much good in nix and yeah we we challenge each other you know every day um, in, in many different ways, but yeah. we, uh, we, yeah, we we love doing life together. We love doing church together. You know, we don't get it right all the time. We make mistakes that like everyone does, but we try and, and do the best that we can to, yeah. to muddle through as team veins. But yeah, mate, like having her in my life has just made me so appreciative of of her and, and thankful to Jesus because, mate, I'm punching above my weight. No. Time, so I'm, I'm doing well, mate. <laughs> no, Nick, yeah, Nick's is amazing, but you guys are an amazing team. Um, yeah, I did find, I did think that that was one like thing that came to my head when I was thinking of questions. I was like, I do wonder if like that relationship is, it's obviously the foundation's built on faith. Yeah. But then not only are you bringing your faith, but like it's kind of like pouring into a cup. Yeah. And that you're pouring your faith into a cup, and she's sure. pouring, and it almost, you wonder whether it's you have the same amount, or that there's like an like an air of like multiplication of like, looking at her and being like, wow, this is like another yeah. bit of proof that you know I think god is marriage. grateful that's, that's marriage as well it's like mm-hmm. there's things that i suck at that nix is really good there's times yeah. where she needs to say ollie like what are you doing like you need to do this 
and and vice versa but you model through there's no right or wrong way but i think ultimately as long as we're doing it together and we're on the same wavelength sure um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll push through but you know we're not experts we're only a year <laughs> i'm looking forward to many years ahead yeah i am as well and you know you part with her cursing like a good one this week oh dear and she puts up with something else you being the most I, I would make the argument that you, not only you, you're by far the most diehard Norwich fan that <laughs> the country has, <laughs> but you're also just footy mad in general. Oh, mate. Um, I, what I, was your first, like, when did you first get into football? Man, I don't remember. I just remember kicking a ball. Uh, do you know what? All the pitches at home, like, I've got a yeah. ball in it. Like, right, literally yeah. Literally just everywhere. And I mentioned my granddad earlier, like, he he was the diehard Norwich fan. <laughs> right. Like. So my mum and dad, my, my dad would be out of work, my mum would was was a nurse initially so she would kind of work shifts so after school my granddad would put me up mm-hmm. he'd be like oh we're gonna we're gonna listen to Norwich like, on his old wireless and we'd sit there and we'd listen to the game <laughs> he um mate, he, was, he was from Norfolk he was a massive Norwich fan right all our mum's side of the family from Norfolk so that was uh yeah built into me um early on but Every time I go around his, he'd have a ball. He'd get me doing like even just little things like before a tennis ball against the wall, like catch it left hand, right hand. Yeah, and, like, yeah. He he would always have a ball. We'd like we we play football on the green, and yeah. he he just really encouraged me just to to get out there and play and just sure. to be outside and and have fun with it. So I think I must have joined like my local team, Frinton. And I was like six or seven. Sure. Um, and then from then, play through all the age groups whilst doing church. Yeah. Had that big debate. Right. What, what am I doing here? And I remember, like, praying to God, like, you know, God, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm, I, I want to do football, but if you want me to, to follow you, then I'll do it. Yeah. And I remember praying that, and I decided to take the plunge. I said, right, I'm going to quit my team. Right. I'm going to step out. But if this goes boobies up, then I'm blaming you guys. Yeah. And, uh, mate, our team folded, like, a few weeks later. Wow. Yeah, so our team folded. And I was about 16 at the t- 15 or 16, and I got a call from a guy called Rob who went to my church. Sure. He was the manager of Frinton Free Church, the right. church I went to, and he said, look, I wanna, I'm trying to get some, some new players into the squad. Mm. I've heard you really like football. You know, do you want to play for the church team? And I was like, yes. Like, <laughs> these guys are legit, like, exactly what I needed to be around. Like, cool, um, older guys who just love Jesus but love playing football. Right. You know, go go have a drink after the game. You just want to ha- just the guys you want to hang out with and yeah. just be around. And so I got invited to, to to be a part of that. And for me, that's kind of where my journey properly kicked off. Sure. Um, with like church football, which was a huge part of my life. So football, all through like young age, yeah. into into the church football. This is um. This is a question very little people are probably going to care about, and it's one that's on the fly. Go on, then. When this episode comes out, oh, yeah. pretty sure you're going to know if Norwich are league <laughs> champions or not. Oh, God. How you feel? How you feeling about that coming to oh, coming to a head? Because you're the only fan I know that what are they six, seven points clear? Yeah, so we with three games left. Uh, three. There's two games left. We need one point from the last two games to go up, and even if we lose both games, we've got a ten goal difference. Like. A better goal difference yeah. by ten, man. I'm still nervous. I know it's like we, our mate Elliot was in the group chat saying about it, and I was like, "Dude, Norwich are fine. You're gonna get a draw out know, too." At but least. until it's mathematically <laughs> impossible for us to finish there, do you know why? Which why I'm so nervous yeah. is because I don't want to go on too long because yeah. Norwich is not a hot topic. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get it because yeah, I was yeah. thinking about it. It is because no one expected it. We were tipped no. relegation. So we need the season to end as quickly. Like, we've been the best team in the championship by far. Like, we yeah. played the best football. But 
because we haven't been up there in terms of people's tips for promotion, I need this season to be done because we need to sign, sell and deliver it and get back to the Prem. Yeah. And also we're in financial turmoil, so that's and, why. And, you know, as a Chelsea fan in two weeks, I'm praying that we're looking at Chelsea as fourth in the league and getting Champions League football. Big so, few games for you guys. Yeah, it's a rough time to be a Chelsea fan, but... Norwich-Chelsea next season? Yeah, I'm praying. I'm praying that, that that's my... And I'm not praying like devout Christian praying. Mm. I'm just like, oh, it'd be great if we can get top four. Please do. <laughs> um, and then, so your love of football and faith kind of brought you towards cross the line. Yes. So explain to my listeners what cross the line is. All right, I'll go, I'll go for the quick version. Because there's, sure. there's a long version, a quick version. Yeah. So essentially, a bit of the backstory. So I'm at university. I'm really kind of discovering the Christian faith. I found it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm on fire for Jesus. And I remember being in the library. Meant, like I was meant to be studying, but I was on Facebook. Yep. And there was a, a blog post by this guy, and it said, how I've used my passion for music to glorify God. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I clicked on it. Yeah. And essentially, this guy was an amazing musician, but then he realized he could use that in a church setting by being a part of the worship band. I was like, sure. oh, that's cool. And then it was this weird experience where when when God speaks, people think it's this big, loud, audible voice. Yeah. And in some cases it might be, for, but for me it's this like, it's this yearning, it's this feeling, this this overarching feeling that hasn't come from my head. It's right. this like, it's completely separate. It's, it's a huge kind of, okay, I have to do this. It's a weird thought. Anyway, I had this thought that I've got to go home and set up a, a faith and football blog sort of right. thing. Sure. So I did that, I went home, I was like, screw this work, packed them laps, I went home. Yeah just made some WordPress thing. It was terrible, literally <laughs> terrible. Every first draft I feel like of WordPress is though. Oh mate, it looked I remember shambles. when I had a website and it- Oh, they look so bad, Yeah, the first one does. And by the time I got it to a comfortable place, I was like, wow, like looking at what it was to what yeah. it is, is so different. Oh, mate, but yeah. but it, I'd love to see it now, it was yeah. awful. <laughs> anyway, so um, at uni I met this guy called Liam and he went to my church. He was massively into um, football and, and also sports writing and that was something that I was kind of venturing into at the time as well so I, I ring Liam up and said like, mate I've got this idea about sitting on like a faith and football website mm -hmm. you interested we could make it like a thing that we do together so he's like yeah let's go for it and uh, yeah he he said why don't we call it Cross the Line literally sure. the first name out of the hat and I was yeah. like yeah I like it yeah Good right <laughs> yeah like, like it see the sport element see the faith element like, let's go for it so we um, we started it. We made our own little website. I think we had about two views in the first month, probably yeah. from me and Liam. It yeah, was right. awful. And then we put out a little plea on social and just said, look, can anyone make a website? How much is it? Sort of thing. Sure. And this guy who we went to, who I went to a Christian Union with, a guy called Ross, yeah. he was like, hey guys, I just got a new job and I need to put up um, I need to make a website for free right. to show for my portfolio. Ah, do you want me to do it? And I was yeah. like, oh my goodness, Dream. this is actually happening. I was like, yes, of course. And uh, so Ross made us this amazing website. And we used that website as a, as a hub, as a place to write faith and sport content. So yeah. it might be, you know, Norwich have just lost to Chelsea 9-0. Yeah. Um, and there was like a hot topic. So we'd link a hot topic in, in football, like leadership. Yeah. In the youth development, and we'd find a way to link it to the Christian faith. Sure, um, that's essentially what we did. Uh -huh. And then someone said to us, "Why don't you interview? Why don't you interview like Christian athletes?" And I was like, "Oh, well, that'd be amazing! Like interview Kaka <laughs> or someone." And, and you yeah. know, at this point, it's we've just started. It's it's a million miles away. Yeah. Um, 
And so I went to a, a charity football match like a few months later um, for, a, for a Christian organisation and then a guy called Linvoy Primus was there. Woo! So Linvoy Portsmouth Primus. legend. Portsmouth, mate, Pompey legend. <laughs> Such a good player. Um, and mate, it's, what a guy as well. Like, yeah. Big shout out to Linvoy. Like, I've met him a few times now and just pff, legend. Anyway, so he was there and I said, look, we've just started this website no one looks at it mate you don't have to worry but if you if you've got a spare few minutes then we'd love to talk to you about your faith and and your career he was like yeah let's go for it oh, and then great. when we interviewed him he was like oh you should interview so and so and then we'd interview them and then he was like oh you should interview so and so right and all of a sudden mate we've gone from like zero to like interviewing 30 40 50 60 100 wow. football, and it's way like, it's gone crazy and it just it just blew up like we prayed into it massively that God would use it in any way that he saw fit. And it was interesting because there was nothing like it on the market. There was sure. nothing around that. I still don't to... think there really is. No, like, I mean, there's some amazing charities out there, like Christians in Sport and stuff and like Ambassadors yeah. Football, but no one that really tapped into this market. So we were mm-hmm. kind of on uncharted territory. Yeah. And, uh, mate, it just blew up and we were like, this is this is class. So How was that first experience of interviewing someone? It was nerve-wracking because... You know, I, I had no credentials. I had nothing to say. I could interview someone. Sure. Um, and speaking to a Premier League footballer who I'd look up to, who I would like idolise. Yep. I was like, wow, I want to do a good job. I wanted to put a you know, good impression and stuff. So it was it was an interesting experience. I think I've definitely grown into it now. Like, I was sure. super nervous. Um, but Linvoy was awesome. He made me super comfortable. And um, we've got a good relationship now. And we've done a few other gigs together and stuff. So... It's just, it's just funny, like, you, you, you grow into it, and, like, you'll, yeah. you'll find as you, as you do these, like, yeah. you, you'll grow into it, and, like, mate, you're smashing it, you're, you're twice the interviewer that I'll ever be, so you're a, you're, you're a natural mate. So I really appreciate it's, it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a funny experience, but... I'm also I'm lucky, though, like. that I'm interviewing someone I've got, like, a really good friendship and rapport yeah, with mate, before. That that um, massively so helps. my first one is, obviously, that first one I've done was with, with Adam. I've been friends with him for five, six yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Me and him have, you know, booze together. Like we've just got a good friendship. So, the the nerve side of things wasn't too exactly in terms of the actual interview and was comfortable. Yeah, and that was lucky. But yeah, I can't imagine being if you had said to me, right, your first interview is going to be like I go interview like an NFL player. Exactly, I would have been I would have been absolutely breaking it. Like doing that. Yeah, it's like you interviewing like an NFL like superstar. Yeah, on your first interview, go and he's like. Oh my goodness! Yeah, because you've also got to impress that person, build a relationship with them, and get the content that's, to be mate, good. It's that's, like a... that's the thing. It's like it's not just the interview. It's the can I build a rapport with this person? Can we? Can I support them? Can they help support us? This is a two-way thing, yep. and it's, you've got to get that across in sometimes 20, 30 minutes. And it's Wild. Mate, it's hard. It's yeah. hard, but yeah, God opened so many doors for us. So that was pretty epic. And you mentioned Kaka. Yeah. Please tell my listeners because you did end up interviewing Kaka. Yeah. It wasn't planned that you were interviewing Kaka, right? No. So give give my listeners the lowdown on that. So basically, once we started to interview loads of Christian footballers, um, a Christian book publisher, SBCK, got in touch and said, "Look, we want you to write a book," which was amazing. So we obviously said yes, <laughs> and they kind of had a a tick list of people they they wanted to get on it. And one of which was, was was Kaka, and he was already on our list. Sure. So Kaka, for anyone who doesn't know, is like one of the world's greatest footballers of all time. Won the Ballon d'Or, Brazilian international, played yeah. at like AC Milan, uh, Real Madrid. And at this point, he was coming to the tail end of his career. He's at Orlando. Was City. he? Was he? Oh yeah. He was at Orlando in the MLS. Orlando. Yeah. So he's he's kind of 
um, ready to kind of not hang up his boots yet. He got, he, I yeah. think he had about two or three more seasons in him before he hung up his boots. So and anyway, a, and a player that world class is just oh mate. Even at the twilight, it's like oh, that dude's still what a ball so man. much better than most of the, especially in the MLS. Mate, even now, YouTube stuff, and I'm just like, he's, he's class. He was ridiculous in that Such, AC Milan team. Oh, man. A legend. But yeah, sorry, I digress. No, no, no it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so basically, when, when we look to interview a player, um, it takes a lot of hard graft, but especially someone of Kaka... It was just, it was such hard work. So basically, we went through the club, we went through his agent, all of which said no. Right. Then we decided that we'd go through chaplain. So a chaplain is essentially someone who works for the church and works voluntarily at a football club. And there was this guy at Orlando City, still there now, a chaplain called um, Andy Searles. Legend, great guy, (laughs) he's been an amazing advocate of Cross the Line. Interestingly, his dad was a, a minister in Frinton, which is so weird because he's in America. Oh, right. That is weird. Yeah. Anyway, he was building an amazing relationship with Kaka and Kaka's agent. Sure. And after kind of building a rapport with Andy, he kind of sussed us out. We sussed him out. He said, look, you know, now I kind of know you guys and see that you're legit and you're not yeah. trying to sponge off, you know, right. sponge off us. Um, yeah, we can pencil in a, a, a date with Kaka. So, mate, this took six months to organise. So, right. we finally got a date with Kaka. We get the email on April, the whatever it is, we're going to interview Kaka. Sure. He's going to speak to Fox News and then you. And in that, wow. in, mate, in that email, I'm thinking, what are we doing? Who are, like, what are, who are we? What is happening? Two major markets. So, obviously, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, obviously, you know, Liam and I, you know, young Christian guys, Who's our role model? Our role model is Kaka. So we're thinking, hey, a minute, only one person could do this interview. Ugh. So we're on Skype, and I said, mate, the only fair way to choose is to flip a coin. Right. So I'm like, oh. we're actually going to do this. So I had the coin, so we were only on Skype, got my laptop up, flipped the coin, lands on the floor. So <laughs> I call tails, he calls heads. Right. I'm thinking, whatever it is, I could pretend to. I could yeah, of course, it. it's on Skype. Mate, it lands on heads, and I'm thinking, oh. oh. So I say to Liam, I said, look, mate, his head, you know, you got the interview. Um, let's prep. I bet that tested your face. <laughs> mate, it was hard. Like I was, I was a bit hard. I'm not gonna lie. But I was like, look, Liam's great. He's gonna, he's gonna smash it. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So we said, look, let's, let's, let's put the questions together that we both want to ask. We'll send them to Andy to veto it. Then we'll, we'll kind of go, go with it. So we get to the day of the interview. I have a little pray with Liam. Just mate, pray goes well, whatever. Da 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 da. You all set? Liam's like, yep, yeah, gonna go. Let's go for it. So I put the phone down. I go to have my dinner, and then I just had this like overwhelming sense whilst I was eating my dinner. My dad <laughs> to run back to my phone. Right. I was like, okay. So I run back to my phone. And it's ringing. I didn't even hear it, it was on silent. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, Liam's been gone two minutes. Now he's calling me. It's either the world's quickest interview, yep. something's gone wrong, or yep. we've got the wrong date. Yep. So I ring, so I answer the phone, and Liam's like, hey mate, he sounds so flustered. He's right. like, oh hey mate, my WhatsApp's not working, my internet's gone down, like you need to interview Kaka. Oh God. So I'm like, what? Like you've got the questions. He was like, yeah, I, I, I was trying to email you the questions, but minute it's gone down. And he's got no internet. <laughs> so he's like, you need to call him now, because he's just spoken to Fox News, he's got someone after you. So I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I'm like, Dad, put my dinner away. I need to go and interview Kaka. So I'm sprinting <laughs> upstairs. I'm trying to find my iPad to record the interview. Yeah. I'm then on the phone to Kaka's agent. He's passing me over to Kaka. I'm now making small talk with Ricardo Kaka, oh, trying to like find these questions. But mate, he was such a gent. Like we got to it, and he was like, "Look, I know my agent said we've got 20 minutes, dude. I'm just walking around the the training ground. You take as long as you need." 
His English mate was super. It was better than mine. Really, like, he was class. And they always say never like meet your heroes, but right. I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to speak to Kaka because he was just so humble and he exuded Jesus more than anyone who I've spoken to. Man, he yeah. was so good. Like he was just so on it. And yeah, because he's he's definitely the most high profile. Like when you combine talent, sure, and unapologetically Christian. Yeah. You would never ever have not known that he was Christian. And sure. of course, he's a Ballon d'Or winner, which in any time that Messi and Ronaldo have been playing professional football to win yeah. a Ballon d'Or, he might have won it before. Yeah. But either way, to be amongst all of the, the world class players that were yeah. around that time, to win a Ballon d'Or, like, you're just, it's undeniable that you're one of the best of all time. Oh, for sure. You know, so many players nowadays, they, they try and point to themselves, you know, I'm the best of this, the best of that. And, you know, legit, like they are. Like, Ronaldo, yeah. hard work, Messi, hard work. But the interesting thing about Kaka when I interviewed him was that he said when he won the Ballon d'Or, when he wins the Champions League, when he wins all these amazing things, he doesn't want to show people how good he is. Yeah. He he says, I want to point to God. I want to say to Jesus, that thank you so much for all that you've done in my life, all the gifts that you've given me, all the talent you've given me. Like, I give it to you. Like, this is, this is not me. I'm a steward of this. Yeah. Like, but you own it. Like, I want to point everyone to, to you so so much humility in that and I learned a lot of him in that 20-30 minutes that I spoke yeah. to him for so yeah great interview um, legend this is my last of the official questions sure and then we'll make sure that everyone knows how to find you and then we'll ask the final four questions yeah so actually no I've got two questions go for it so let me ask okay I'll go with this one first you are a gaffer of a cross the line five aside football team out of all the people you've interviewed, you've oh, got one mate. goalkeeper and four outfield players. Who are we going with out of people? Five you, side. Yeah, either you or Liam have interviewed. Okay, so in goal, yeah. we've got Jorelio Gomez. Absolute hero. Watford, Brazil, Spurs. So Jorelio Gomez has got like the world's longest throw. Like, YouTube it. It's really? mad, mate. And what a good <laughs> guy. Okay, who are we going to go? Mate, we're going to go Limbo Primus. Yeah, of Center course. Back. Absolute hero. Just absolute rock in there. He'd just destroy everyone who comes near him. And what formation are we playing? We're going to play... I'm going to attack it. I'm a number 10. So yeah. I, I want to play... Ooh, so four outfield play? players. Yeah, I'm going to play a 1-2-1. One, one. Yeah, diamond standard. I'm going to play a 1-2-1. One, one. So we've got Gomez, we've got Primus, midfield. So, We're going to go Kaka. Yeah. Obs. Yeah, of course. Um, he's, he's just going to do his own thing. I'm going to be yeah. like, listen, Ricardo, mate, you, you do what you want. <laughs> you, uh, you run things. Alongside Ricardo, oh, okay. Alongside Ricardo, I'm going Lucas Mora, who oh, plays for Spurs. Savage, yeah. I'm gonna have him. So I'm gonna have Kaka just like hold in a little bit. Lucas is gonna be that in the attack and roll. He's got so much pace. Yeah. And they're Brazilian, so they've got a nice little like connection with Gomez. Absolutely, absolutely, and Kaka as well. Yeah, all Kaka, three of them. Yeah, all three of them. And then up and- top. I'm going to go Oji Nagalo, who was also okay. at Watford. Yeah. now plays in China. Mate, first season in the Prem, like, banged him in. I'm going to shove Ojin up there for now. Cool. Until I, I like it. Else. Yeah. And the question that I nearly forgot, and I feel really silly that I forgot to ask you this question, and it's a question you love asking. Oh, yeah. Ollie Baines, yeah. what is your favourite passage from the Bible? Mate, <laughs> there's so many, there's so much good content in there. For me, there's a verse in a book called Philippians. Okay. Um, 4.13, which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that's my favourite verse. I love it. 
Right, Ollie, where do people find you? We have got four more questions, but I, I always forget to plug people, so let me do that now. So you can find me, Insta. Yes. Ollie.Baines. Ollie.Baines. At Ollie.Baines, legend. Uh, not, not legend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and Twitter as well, Ollie underscore Bainesy. Cool. Um, and um, then cross the line. Yes. You can find us on, on yeah, all, all social media. Um, cross the line X underscore just because they run yeah. out of so many like and you've, and you've got the book so where can yeah. you grab the book yeah you, you can check out the book on Amazon if you type in cross the line Christian footballers it will come up um, perfect it's got a cacker on the front so can't miss it there you go and I loved it and you've signed my copy which Absolutely, I'm a huge fan mate. right I've got these four questions left for you go for it the final four so these are a staple of all of my guests fantastic four we'll go with the first one yeah what is one thing that you're proud of Oh, so many. Um, I'm gonna say the book. I am gonna say the book from like a, a real personal perspective. Just because, just because I, I had a moment where I felt like I was just praying. I remember God said to me, "Ollie, you're gonna write a book," and I literally forgot about it. I literally threw it away as like a just adverse comment, and um, that promise actually came true like six years later. And it took a lot of hard work and a lot of prayer, but it's something that I'm really proud of and I look at, and it really encourages me because, um, yeah, I'm super proud of that. I would be too. <laughs> um, in your opinion, what is the meaning of life? Oh, Luke. I know, it's great, right? Flipping heck. Uh, for me, so my, the meaning of life. For me, it is to live a life that glorifies Jesus. Cool. Um, I want to live in a way that, yeah, exudes Jesus. He's done so much for me. He's given me um, everything that I could ever ask for and imagine. Um he saved me, he died on the cross for me, so the least I can do is live a life that glorifies him. Oh, I like it. Okay, second to last. If you could give my listeners one piece of life advice, what would it be? Ooh. Be the best version that you can be of yourself. So find something that you enjoy, whether it's a, a gift or a, a passion. If you found it, great. If you haven't, don't worry. Everyone's got their own gift and talent. And pursue it and work hard at it because... I've had to realise that I'm not going to be the best in the world at something, but I can be the best version of me that I can be at everything. I love it. That's amazing. This one, bear with me. I've got to read this one a little bit longer. Looking ahead to many years into the future, imagine your time as Ollie Baines on Earth is coming to an end. The person closest to you can only describe you and your time on Earth in one sentence. What would you hope that would be? Right, well, Nix is going to write this. Yeah. So what would you hope that Nick's would say about you? Based on what, on why she didn't want to go out with me initially, which was because <laughs> I was too enthusiastic, I think she will say, um, I would hope that it would be, Ollie gave the best to everything he could and did it with a smile. Nick's, oh? yeah, Nick says I'm way too enthusiastic, so hopefully there's a smile on my face whilst I'm doing <laughs> I love it. Thank you for your time, Ollie. I really appreciate it. Mate. It's been a real pleasure. you, mate, anything. Mate, I've loved it. Keep up the great work, buddy. Thank you very much. One love.